Kia ora koutou and welcome to Primary Matters, a podcast about the things that matter to the primary industries. I'm Carol Stiles and in this series, Hook, Line and Sinker, we'll be taking a dive into Aotearoa, New Zealand's seafood sector. Today, I'm in Coromandel on the shores of the Hauraki Gulf, a sun-kissed part of New Zealand that's known for its abundant sea life. It's a place that grows around a quarter of the national mussel crop, The Coromandel mussel industry started in the late 1970s and now provides about 300 jobs and $65 million in export revenue. Right in front of us we're just unloading 430 sacks of green shell mussels and they'll be going to Auckland. They should be in the shops tomorrow um, at the latest. They could be in some takeaways tonight. (laughs) Go buy some, yum. Muscle barge skipper Lance Townsend has been part of the industry for 32 years. It's 9.30 in the morning and today, like every other working day, he started early. Picked up the boys at 5 o'clock, steamed for an hour, grabbed our sacks. Uh, that took about three hours harvesting, basically for about 400 sacks and then an hour back. A lot happened when you were out there today. Yeah, we've got a crew of five, including myself. Um, each sack weighs 28 kilo. So you've got to kind of weigh them, grade them, stack them accordingly, and time is money, so we've got to be quite efficient at it. On board, you have machinery that strips the muscles of all the rubbish that's hanging on to them. Yeah, we've got quite a uh, big machine, a tumbler and a grater, and the muscles will go into that, getting stripped and cleaned and washed with seawater. And uh, we do have graders, uh, machine graders, and also human graders to pick out the last of the rubbish that we don't want to go into the sacks. So the little ones just fall through, do they? The little ones will fall through and hopefully there's a nice snapper down there ready to eat them. So uh, we get a lot of snapper around the barges and that's why it's such a popular fishing destination, you know. It's a pretty clean operation, isn't it? You come back and the boat looks... Oh, it's sparkling clean. We've got, you know, a really good deck hose. So one guy, we rotate the wash down duty. Once we've finished, everything gets hosed down with seawater and it's all stainless steel and alloy, so it comes up really clean. And obviously it's uh, the food product harvesting boat, so it needs to be kept clean. Right, we'll just move away from all the noise. Yep, yep. Let the forklift do the job. Tell me about some of the conditions you work in. Oh, it can be, you know, beautiful. It can be absolutely terrible. And the thing with harvesting mussels, you have to do your best to keep the orders going. You know, so if it's raining and blowing, you just blank that out. you just got to go to work put on a raincoat and go for it but um, us skippers normally hop in the dinghy and we've got to get out in a you know 13 foot dinghy to the barge and here in Coromandel the northerlies are the worst wind to get to your barge so it might be 40 knots flying in so you've got to get out there and row like a bugger start your outboard and get wet before you even hop on the main barge so it can be quite quite daunting some mornings and that's done in the dark at you know 4 30. That barge is 28 meters seven meters across nice vessel they're not cheap these days um, they vary you know to build that one now I guess it's three three and a half million some of the other barges they're building now are five million so there's a lot of money wrapped up in a good muscle barge today we did small sacks some days we'll do bulk bags so there could be a 50 ton harvest in one day you know we know where we're going we've already got a plan in our head we're going to go to this farm and grab these mussels we know the quality, we know the volume on the lines, because it could be a huge day. If you can only harvest six tonne an hour and you've got to do 50, you know, it starts adding up. So we try and do eight to 10 tonne an hour on a harvest, and that way 
you can pretty much do your 50 ton and get home within kind of 10 hours because there's a fair bit of steaming, a lot of ropes to unload. There's always jobs before and after the harvest. It can be a bit daunting if you've got two, 300 lines and you're steaming in the dark down the firth, which line do you pick, you know? Where are you? So you've got to have a decent GPS and know exactly where you are. That must have changed things over the years from when you started, there was no GPS. Yeah, they were just little wooden barges, no GPS, um, nav lights and a radar was about it. So everybody started at seven in the morning when the sun was up and, and went to work. These days it's, you know, turn everything on, it's all touch screen and computers and it's, it's quite fascinating. You can be steaming out in the night doing 12 knots and you know exactly where you are. So for people who don't know anything about mussels and what they look like when they're growing, can you just give us a Mussel 101? They're on ropes, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it kind of starts from Kaitai Beach, we get the mussel spat. Mussel spat is very small, you could have 500,000 baby mussels and they look like bits of sand on seaweed per kilo. There's 500,000 in a kilo of seaweed. So it starts very small. You hang that out on ropes and then you know within a few months you'll see them growing really quickly. Once we get them to about 30 mil we'll strip it, hang it back out at a controlled density because if they're too thick they won't grow, you've got to spread them out a bit. It's about six to eight months before you can do that. Then we hang the mussels back out and within a year they should be up to 100 mil, nice and fat and ready for export. But like having too many sheep in a paddock. Exactly, you can relate most farming to that, definitely, eh? Too many sheep in one paddock, they're going to be skinny, same with the mussels, exactly. The lovely big mussels that we see in the supermarket yep. and the ones that might be exported, they'll yep. be, what, 18 months old? They should be 18 months old, they could be two years old. The ropes that the mussels grow on, they hang down from other ropes. So we've got a floating mussel line in the water now. They could be between 150 metres and 250 metres long, depending on the farm. Those are the backbones? Those are the backbones between the, the marker floats. And then we'll, when we go seeding, we'll hang our culture rope, the grow rope, on that backbone. And it depends on how deep you are. We might go down six metres, we might go down 10 metres. Now, I was intrigued as to how you pick up those backbones. They're jolly heavy. You couldn't have a small boat, it would tip over. Yeah, you've got to have a decent sized barge and a flat bottom and quite wide. So we've got gantries on the side of the barges and they will lift 1.5 tonne each. So when you lift it up, it's not a nice clean backbone. It's been there for a year. So it's got seaweed on it and blue mussels and sometimes it's maybe 300 mil round and you just got to bash your way through it until you get to the rope. Oh, there it is. So there's a lot of bashing. can be quite dirty, you know, you get stuff all over you. And Come home of... smelling like a mussel? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I get told off a lot, eh? <laughs> yep, definitely. It's like, get outside, just walk, because you can't smell yourself, eh? Put on the same jacket you had on, you know. But uh, <laughs> nothing a good shower doesn't sort out, eh? What makes coromandel so good for growing mussels? Mussels like a lot of food, so rivers are good. All the, all the runoff is, is good for mussel farming. So we had a fair bit of a drought maybe four years ago I suppose it, it started. We weren't getting much rain up here. The mussels started to starve and the baby spat mussels rely on fresh nutrients and um, they started to suffer so the spat was dying but then all of a sudden we've got two years of super floods you know we've had the most rain ever. In return all our mussels are getting fed again and all the spat seems to be the best it's been in six years. What do you like about your job? Oh the environment. You know, I love being outside. If you get, you know, a week of calm weather, it can get a bit boring. There's nothing wrong with a, a decent storm to wake you up and you really feel alive, eh? It's, it's great.
What do you see when you're out there? What sort of marine life? Oh, so just yesterday um, I got some amazing video of these big porpoises completely airborne out of the water. They followed us for five minutes, come across the odd turtle. Every day you look over the side and there'll be snapper beside you. And do you ever throw out a line? Yeah, no, definitely we've got little hand lines tied to the the barge, you know, and someone will throw it over and someone else will pull it in. So you, can, you can have it on the boat, you've got a, an oven and a hob. Yeah, no, we, um, Damon, our mate, he'll often cook up a fresh snapper on the way home and we'll, you know, have a piece each, it's, it's quite good. It's do you good. have fun on the boat? We do, um, we've got a great crew, there's a lot of banter, a lot of laughing going on, you know, you'll hear them in the background yahooing. Obviously the skipper's got to be the serious one, you know, if I'm laughing too much, I'm, I'm forgetting exactly what we should be doing and get off, off track. There's a lot of boats we've got to keep an eye out for. That's the only, you know, there's some, some things that are a bit dangerous. You've got all these boaties trying to get in around you and we've got to keep them out a bit without being too nasty to them because they're always trying to flick rods at you and stuff because the fish are right beside us. Yeah, now and then you hear a clunk and there's a sinker on the boat and someone's going, oh, shit, I threw too fast. It's like, well, lucky it didn't hit us, bloody hell. So you've got to give them a tune up now and then, but most of them are pretty good, eh? But you get the odd one that'll come right up to the bow and because you can't see, so before we leave, we've got to send someone up there to look down to make sure no one's in the bow of the boat because the bow's about three, four metres off the, off the water and then there's gear in front of it, so just got to be alert. It's talking about that laughing. You can't laugh all the time. You've got to remember what's going on. <laughs> and the company you work for, Goldridge? Yes, yeah, Goldridge. It's been around for a while. Gilbert James, he pretty much did bring the mussel farming to the Coromandel way back in the late 70s, early 80s. It's a, a nice, smaller, privately owned business. In the height of summer, do you ever dive off the side of the boat? Yeah, yeah, when we have a smoko, um, it does get so hot, it's like being on a fry pan, to be honest, sometimes. The alloy deck will start just steaming, you know, it gets really hot, so we've got to keep the deck hoses running. We try and come up with shade umbrellas and things but you've got high ebbs moving around so you've got to be careful and then when it's a bit windy you know the umbrella wants to blow off the boat and things so big hats plenty of sunblock yeah and, and jump in the tide sometimes off the roof it's good <laughs> brings up the morale it's all about the morale yeah because you're working long hours yeah yes you know um, if we do eight hours we feel guilty it's um muscle farming's not an eight hour nine to five job it's normally the boats can do 12 hours a day and you know you won't quite keep up at that. On a Sunday we might make it six, six or eight. Um, that's our kind of first day back. We work Sunday to Thursday. But most of these guys, um, yeah, the barges leave in the dark, and yeah, they'll be back this evening. To make money out of mussels, you got to have volume. Yeah, oysters, you know, they're worth a lot more, so you don't need as much. But mussels, it's still a cheap source of protein, so you've got to turn over tons to. Make, make decent money to keep everyone going. Can people who work on the boats earn a decent living? Yes they can. Um, it started off pretty average to be honest years ago but they've worked out it's a skilled job and you know skippers need skilled crew and people that turn up. You know you can pay off a house working on these things no, not a problem and it's it's a good career a lot of people used to go oh, you, oh just muscle farming because you know it's what everyone's growing up with but it's a great career choice if you love being outside and working in an environment and having fun with heaps of people. It's, it's great. People go to university and then they might come back and think, man, muscle farming's pretty cool. But it's not for everyone, you know. If you don't want to get wet and cold and dirty and have to just muck it out some days, it's, it's not the go away. You wouldn't need to go to the gym? No, nah, so those guys have already chucked around 10 tonne of mussels this morning. 
there's only three of them, so they've all shifted three and a half ton each or something. So it's a good workout, yeah. They were rugby players too, so they, they love it. It's good. <laughs> but, so we've um, got another boat over here. Yep, another boat just turned up. He's got, looks like, 24 ton of um, whole mussels on. They'll be off to Tauranga to be opened and exported. So this is quite quiet, but yeah, just in front of your eyes, we've unloaded about 35 ton. And um, there could be barges coming in soon with 50 ton times two of them. So it's a busy little operation, really. Some days you'll have five or six barges, and it's like a it's like a barge dance. So you've got two coming in, two backing out, three doing circles waiting, and it looks amazing, eh? When everybody's moving at the same time and all the barges, it's like wow, check that out. You, you, you get a kick out of it, eh? It's quite quite neat, really. Nah, I wouldn't say famous, mate. <laughs> this is breakfast. One of them cooked up a hamburger, and I've just been on the avocados this morning. The, um, after shifting 10 tonne of mussels, they'll have a burger or two on the way home, or bacon and eggs, and they live it up a bit. A full crew, happy crew. Now and then you bring out a roast, you can put a roast in the oven on a cold day, you know, some wild pork or a bit of mutton or whatever you like. We do a lot of sausages, bring out some sausages, and. Yeah, you might have a community feed, you know, quite often. Do you ever cook mussels on board? Yeah, yeah, a lot. we got a pot there full of mussels. We smoke mussels, steam mussels, and eat a lot of raw mussels. So normally have five or six mussels raw a day in the morning. Yeah, I had my fix this morning while I'm cutting off. And it's a quality control check. You're always checking the mussels. And it's like, oh, that's the best one I've ever seen, you know. So down it goes. And then the next one's the better one. It's like, oh, that's even better. So you don't throw them away. <laughs> Oh, I'm just looking out the window and I see a seal coming around the corner. A little bit of wildlife. You'll see it just against the rocks there. Oh, yes, there he is. Yeah, just having a sunbathe too by the rocks. Muscle barge skipper Lance Townsend. He was getting ready to head back out to put in some brand new backbones and lines, so they're ready and waiting to be filled up with little mussels in a week's time. I'm Carol Stiles, and you've been listening to Hook, Line and Sinker, a series in MPI's Primary Matters podcast. Thanks for listening. Kia pai tada.